Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Tonight, we have an awesome show for you. We're going to share with you how to make more money in the stock market and pay less fees. Now, who doesn't want that? We will also reveal what we currently think about world markets and how they are tracking. Now, as always, we will look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst here at Wealth Within, and joining me tonight is Dale Gillum, our Chief Analyst, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi, Janine. Hi. I thought you were going to have a stop, stop the teleprompter, because otherwise you're going to go past it. But um, I thought you were going to have it like, give me some fancy title like I've been doing for you, like, you know, <laughs> the Queen of Swing or something like that. Or Look, I'm just glad to see you. And you missed your opportunity. interesting that I've actually got control. He's handed it oh. over officially. And for those of you who have been watching for a while, you know that there's the battle of the... I like this. <laughs> it's, it's scary. <laughs> the battle of the control stick. Yeah. <laughs> Two control freaks. And you're mm, in control right. now. So from that Look point. Out. Did you have a good week? Yeah, I did. I did, actually. Yeah. I've just been catching up on calls uh, from mm -hmm. people who have inquired about a direct equity managed account. Service. I know you've been flooded by stuff. Yeah. I, have, I, I hardly get to talk to Janine nowadays, guys, because she's so busy talking to all of you. Well, I was um, apologising to people mm. because I it took me a while to ca catch up to everybody mm. but you'll be happy to know that today I finally caught up oh, with everybody be. and for those of you who didn't answer your phones I look forward to talking <laughs> with you in the near future. Yeah, why didn't you answer the phone you knew Janine was <laughs> ringing you. So. Well actually it's interesting I expect things to be a little bit slow in that area mm. this year because mm. It's the year of the rat, so it's slow and steady wins the race. The year of the rat sounds terrible, doesn't it? Well, it's about the tortoise, not the hare. Oh, yes. I saw a video on that the other day. But um, but if you've got a burning question for us tonight, uh, the chat box is on the right of the screen. So start sticking your questions there. So get your fingers on the, uh, the keyboard and have a good go out and give us some questions. But a big hi to anybody who's new to the show. It's great to have you on board and hope you get a lot out of it. And don't be shy. Just put some, as I said, put some comments down on the chat um, and we're happy to answer those as we go through the show. Now I was going to say mm. before you cut me off that the year of the oh. rat is actually a very prosperous year <laughs> for people so it's a really good year and it's it's actually a hundred years since a particular aspect of the year of the rat has occurred. Uh, yeah. yeah, so some of the themes that we've seen in the 20s and also themes that we've seen yeah. in the 60s are prevalent right now. That was 60 years ago. <laughs> Things were peaking the, the last market. 20 years? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, lots has happened in the last 20 years. But moving go. on, moving on. Well, you've heard it right here on this show. <laughs> the year of the rat is means you're going to make a lot more money, guys. Yeah. As it is the third Tuesday in the month, that means we take a look at the world markets, as I said. So let's get into discussing these now, shall we? All right. Cool. Well, what are we going to We've got to get on the right workbook. Sorry. I uh, <laughs> forgot to switch it over. Um, I'm bad, guys. I've just... That's when, okay. When I'm Looking not in control, things get stuffed up, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, when we look at the world markets, we'll actually see that Australian market's been mm. doing really well, hasn't mm. it? Oh, yeah, it's been a lot of surprising. But in, then again, we've, well, it has been brilliant this in um, January already, mm. already, and obviously world markets have done really, really well. But I'm still getting people, you know, who are going, who are doom and gloom out there going, oh, the market's going to crash, you know, the sky's going to fall. The U.S. is printing money, hell for leather, so it's quantitative easing, so the market's going to crash. And it's like, yeah. I've been hearing that for like four or five years, haven't you? <laughs> yes. And it's like, we're making money, guys. The market's <laughs> bullish. Stay with it. Yes, and look, on your screen there, you'll see there was a chart 
you can see that now. The All Ordinaries Index, we're looking at the figures for the, this is the year so far. Yeah, that's from 1 January. Yep, so you'll see there that about 6% there, or 5.8% on the All Ordinaries Index. The NASDAQ over in the US 100. It's um, still doing well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's still doing well, 5%, but it's lagging our market. S&P 500, about 3%. Dow Jones, about 2.8%. So see, this is what Dale's been talking about for some time and what he mentions mm -hmm. in his book about the Australian market catching up. So it, it's more likely to take the lead. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the New Zealand index, which is really interesting. So the um, that market has done really average really when you look at the spread on the screen there and but it was actually one of the best performers last year yeah well that's the it, mm. that's what we talk about as well mm. isn't it how the best performer in the previous mm. year might not be the best performer in the following year mm. so but it's still early days yet being january so the race is still on isn't it well yeah i mean probably the big glaring thing on that is all the asian markets are in the bottom half yeah at this point in time so they really haven't started to take off this year and we've but still got the footsie will. down there too and i mean that's brexit's held that back so we'd be expecting some Correct. more from the FTSE as well. Well, yeah, as the as the whole thing washes out, because I think it's the end of this month when they actually do split from the European Union, I think, from memory. Uh, I think we announced it here, like, live on the show last year, didn't we? The last show last year. I've lost track. You've lost track, okay. With what they've do they're doing at the moment, because it's not a market mm. that we trade, obviously. <laughs> it's just interesting to hear, you know, what's happening and mm. the, the fact that they you know, finally made some moves and we're seeing now that that mm. impact had impacted the UK market in a positive way. That was actually a good thing to mm. see. But I think once mm. the, because the US-China trade deal phase one's happened, mm. got signed off Wednesday of last week. So China's going to be importing a few hundred million dollars worth of, hundred billion dollars, big money, a lot of mm. imports from the US. So that's going to help the US economy. It'll probably also help the Chinese economy to get it going again and everything else. Now, China still grows at five and six percent at the moment. Well, it's about, mm. yeah, the top number's more mm. is closer. It's about six at mm. the moment. But remember when it was about 13? Yeah, so yeah, will that drop, will that stimulate it? more growth in China? If more growth in, in China, then it's going to springboard across Asia because the Asian markets have been really held back mm. over the last few years. So let's go in to have a look, a quickly look at some of the charts of Why some not? of these. That's what we want to head so to let's now. Have a look so at this. So um, this one's the Dow. So if we look at the Dow Jones long-term, We've just seen this sort of break mm. of this longer term angle um, that across all these peaks here. So it was really being held back mm. by about the 27,000 point level. Mm. And now we've seen that breakout. So you'd, you'd say looking at that, we're going to break through that 30,000 and possibly, I think I've had levels about 32, 34 yeah. for some time on the Dow. Well, that's what I was saying just in my market report today for the US market. I said, I'm not sure it'll get to that 33,000 that's on top of the chart there. But I said it might just fall a bit short of that. So okay. we're pretty much aligned in all that. I think the next chart's the S&P 500. So we can have a okay. bit of a look at that. So the other market in the US, it's looking It's really, looking really a bullish. bit stretched though at the moment, mm. isn't it? So mm. I, I'd say that if it has you know a couple of weeks up and then we see a little bit of a breather, that'd mm. be nice to see It'll that happen. Nice price. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so what's the next one we've got? Here's okay, the DAX. Okay, the DAX. So we're talking about Germany now. Look and at looking that. at that, that's just bullish as anything, isn't it? Looking mm. at that. So you'd expect that it would head up um, along this angle up here, possibly around that 15,000 point mark, I'd say, um, in the near to, not too diff distant future. Mm. It is going to find a little bit of resistance here, potentially around that prior mm. high, but yeah, looking strong there. It is looking very, Europe. very strong, isn't it? So the FTSE we talked a bit about. Yeah, so. look, I mean, that's actually reversed here mm. last week, which is great to see, a month, sorry, and it's been up, and I was just having a look at the weekly um, one today, and looking at last, yes, uh, last week's bar, it was nice and strong. Now, so far this week, it hasn't pushed on, but you know, you'd expect that it would. If it trades below this low here, then a bit more consolidation is likely, yeah. but it, it has been looking much better lately. But you think it's probably going to break to the upside, wouldn't you? The probability says definitely because mm. of the highs getting higher under these mm. lows here. So, mm. yeah, I would say more than likely, yes. Shock news can cause a market to turn the other way, but it takes a lot to turn yeah. the Titanic, doesn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> doesn't take much to sink it, but no. it takes a lot to turn it. Okay. All right. So then look at, looking at the Hang Seng, you can see nice and strong there coming out of that recent low. Mm. We do need to see the Hang Seng break above that high there for it to be you know, free to push higher and make new all-time highs mm. again. I mean, the last time it was in new all-time high territory was was a year two ago. Ye two years ago, actually. Two years ago, yeah. 2020, mm. yeah. I can't add yeah. up tonight. So looking at that, you can see that if we just get a move above this high in April, mm. um, it's off and running. Fantastic. Now, looking at the Shanghai Composite, another Asian market that we 
like to look at as well. I mean, it's been in a basing pattern for so long. It's just mm-hmm. been range bound. And so we haven't seen this, you know, really strong rise that uh, we've been expecting on this market. It literally pushed up to get to this gap and then was sold off again. I think they might, mm-hmm. um, we need to just check that too, just to see if there's, I always like to do this. If you're a trader and you've got data coming in, mm-hmm. uh, or as a, as a matter of course, and you're in your process, and it's all about having a process when you're trading. Always make sure that you, your data's up to date on your chart because sometimes with uh, things going on with your internet, it could get disrupted. But that looks. Yeah, good. I've always I've always had that. When when look when my data's not up to date, I don't work very well either. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I'm so I'm really sorry. So. Okay. So looking at this, you can see straight. Data is a four-letter word. You know that. Industrial index has really been lagging, and and it's got really it's really been stuck in this sideways mm. pattern. But again. Um, like I mentioned before, this mm-hmm. April 2019 high, that seems to be a really pivotal period yeah, on the market. You know, it's for still it. way back, the all-time yeah. high back in 2007. So the Asian markets are well overdue for playing catch-up on the rest of the world, aren't they? And yep. that's what I'm seeing here. So is that so all you wanted to look at tonight? Is you're in charge. you got the control. I'm oh, sitting gee, here just looking pretty. That's my job. I look pretty tonight <laughs> and you do all the work. <laughs> well, that brings us to the time when we look... Um, at some of our emails and we love this section with the first email from Aloise who asks well first of all she says hi Dale and Janine best wishes for a happy new year nice to see you back again thank you Uh, could you tell me your opinion now you've got a long list a big wish list here is this like Santa's you know wish list only it's the new year list AVH JIN that's Jumbo oh that was Avita Medical CHC that's Charter Hall ASX um GOZ, Growth Point, GPT, which is a good stock, nice big property mm. stock there. VVR, Viva Energy, which is a REIT. Sorry if I've asked about too many stocks, she says, but you may get to some of these at least. The first one I picked because it went up 700% last year. The latter one seems strong, but also has a dividend. Cheers, Eloise. Now, you've already picked out um, a stock for tonight, have you, Dale? Did you? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do the first one because I just went in in the order of what she did, but one of the other stocks, somebody else has asked about that, so we'll cover that one. So we're going to cover Jumbo and uh, the first one, which was whatever that is. I can't now, remember. before we get mm-hmm. into it, often when people ask multiple questions about stocks, is it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, does what does that strike? When someone's listed five or six, is it because that they think they're going to miss out on something or what what is the reason often that people well it's this is they don't understand how to create a portfolio so it's like having the kid in the lolly shop i'm looking at all these so they might have been reading a report somewhere and they've talked about 10 stocks or they might have been on a chat mm. form and always people are talking about these stocks or they might have seen something on the tv and there's five or six stocks so they go oh i don't know mm. and it's sort of like juggling balls which one do i grab uh, you know, which one do I throw up next? And so they go, hey, have a look at all these for me and tell me, you pick now, Dale, mm. which one I should be investing in. Now, we're not going to do that. We just don't do that. Yeah. We're not going to tell you which one of those you should put in the portfolio because you need to know yourself. But she may be mm. holding all of them too. That could well, she doesn't helpful. tell us. But, yeah. um, but I think from what how she's written it, I don't think she does because she's picked the first one because it rose 700% last year. Mm. Very bad reason to pick a stock. Like, look, I'd love to cover all of them for you. Yeah, Eloise, we, can't. But we can't. So look, you've picked a Vita Medical. That's mm. the one that's on the chart on the screen right now. And looking at the, you can see that huge rise that Louise was talking about. Mm. And this can be really challenging for people who buy shares and don't have rules to mm. know what to do with it. Yeah, but every it's it's common trade. I mean, you know yourself when, I mean, we've been helping people for nearly two decades. Mm. You know, when people are asking us to manage their portfolio for them and you go, do you want growth, high growth, mid cap, blue chip? or conservative, they all go growth and high growth because mm. it's, it's all about what's grown. And they go, oh, well, you made eight or 30% last year for everybody else, so that's what I should be getting this year. And that's not the case either. Yeah. Because what happened last year is irrelevant in Past in performance theory. is not an indication of the future. Yeah, it just gives the it, industry have Well, it tells say. you whether a stock's good or bad, but it just because something this stock went up 700% last year means absolutely nothing of how mm. it's going to grow this year. It really doesn't. Yeah. It actually tells me more the opposite, that... How's it going to do that again? But it can be confusing for people because we do say Mm. that if a stock's on a trend, then go with it. Correct. Mm. But what is the trend and how long is the trend going to last and Mm. how is it going to unfold? And that's what most people don't do. People look at last year's returns and, you know, the statistics are that I put in my book, you know, the best performing managed funds in any one year aren't there the the next year Mm. because the only way is down, not up. 
Sure. So to me, if you're going to invest in managed funds, pick the worst performing ones because mm. the only way is up. Okay. And you'll get the return. But people all off go for returns after they've already happened. Yes. So mm. you'll see them moving in and out of their managed funds That's at so the true. wrong time and everything else. Right now, I wouldn't stock, be in the stock. Look, the stock looks nice though. Like it's mm. still going up. Correct. But what you're saying is that if, if you had bought it, then there were reasons to sell it is what you were saying. No, I don't think there's, if you own it at the moment, there's no reasons to sell it, but mm. there's no reason to buy into it right now. That's yep. what I'm saying, because it has run so hard, it's unlikely to do that but again. But if you were holding it, you'd keep holding I, it. Yeah, if saying. I was holding it, I'd keep it. Yeah, and there's, look, there's some nice troughs mm. underneath, you know, as mm. it's risen, nice trend line potentially, if you'd have mm. a good close look at that. Mm. Now, next one, are we going to do next, The next gin? question, if you bring it up for me, because you're in control of everything. But I thought gin was on the same one. No, well, I've got to read the question first, oh, sorry, come look, on. Better. If you're going to control the controller, control the controller. Question two. Because <laughs> the next question is from Marco who asks, Hi, Dale. He says hello to me, not you. <laughs> so, he said, Hi, Marco. Love, uh, sorry, hi, Dale. Love your insights so much. I brought your book. Fantastic, matey. But unfortunately, after making these two trades, so he did two trades before buying my book, yep. he said, I purchased WTC at $27 and gin at $18.80 in December. So he bought two stocks in December right. with both pulling back 7 and 17% respectively at writing. Um, what are your thoughts on those? these two high growth stocks uh, going forward in the medium to long term. Thanks, Marco. Thanks, mate. Mm. Uh, we'll go and have a look at uh, Jumbo Interactive right now. And uh, Again, he's probably done exactly the same thing yeah. as what the other lady did. Seeing Jumbo Interactive was a fantastic stock a couple of years ago. And yeah. I, I, had, I don't know how many times, times I talked about it two and three and four years ago yeah. saying, watch this mm. stock, get into this stock. It's mm. got good prospects and it's done really, really well. Mm. But it's the, the race is run, matey. That's what it's done. And right now, it, this looks terrible. Um, mm. So I would have a stop loss on the stock. Um, as we talk about in my book, the 15% stop loss, put that on there. Um, I don't know which one uh, which one was first or second. One's at 17% or the other one? One's 7%, the first yeah. one, and this is 17%. Yeah, so you know what the stop loss is, matey. But what you need to do is suck it up, I suppose, is an easy way for me to say it, is a lot of people will have a stock in a loss situation and they won't sell it. They'll just wait for it to come back. And if you've made a mistake, don't compound it by continually making bad mistakes by holding stocks that are falling away. Because a stock like this could fall right now. It could fall another 10 or 20% on you. It could even fall another 30 or 40% on you. You don't know what it's about is protecting your capital. And I'm sure you work really, really hard to make the money. Uh, and you don't want to have it wasted in a stock going down. You need to be in a stock going up. So, so if he's holding it, as he hasn't sold it. Now, this is if you mm. were holding it and you were you were in it now. I would have been out ages ago. No, but if you were holding it, just say, because mm. there is a rule that you could have bought um, just recently on it. No, there's not. So if you were holding it and you bought it on a really um, short-term strategy, because I'm sure he's not short-term sure. trader. No, he's going okay, medium to longer term. Stay with yeah, the program. Okay. Medium to longer term, Stay he's with right. The there is no entry there. there but if, no. it, if it traded up next week, would you still be in it? No. No. Okay, you'd be out of it. I'd be out of it. Yeah. Hmm. Next question. Um, he's just being, it's a bit of tough love and he's really, you know, being kind to you there. <laughs> Okay, okay, I've got good friends that are called Marco, and one day we might have a beer together, <laughs> and we'll talk about this trade. Okay. Uh, lots of people have been asking to have a beer with you, so I maybe know, you better have a I know, but I'm off beer together. for the moment. I'm on a health kick. That's my news resolution. That's fantastic. I've lost kilos. Mm. I'm looking thin. Well Don't done. you think I'm looking thin? I thought you were looking taller, but then I thought someone's adjusted the chair. Somebody's and adjusted you your chair. You, you look shorter <laughs> last week too. They put your chair up. <laughs> What's happening? Next, we have an email from Andrew who asks, Hi guys, I'm fairly new to the show and just started to read Dale's book, his first book. Congratulations. I have started drawing basic trend lines. How does CTD corporate travel look to you? It seems to have broken a downtrend to me or am I too early to call that? Cheers and keep up the good work, Andrew. Thanks very much, Andrew. Now, let's have a look at that. So Somebody else wanted CTG, I think it was. CTD, yep, you yeah. put it in twice. So corporate travel management, there we go on the monthly. Uh, looking rather ominous previously with this big mm. decline as it came down, now trying to recover and it's actually in an uptrend at the moment. So. Troughs are getting higher. So look, I mean, if I was holding this stock, I'd still be holding it. There's no reason right now to sell mm. it. But, you know, depending on the strategy that works really well for this stock, whether it's trend line or whether it's some other rule, you know, mm. I'd be wanting to make sure that was a good strategy because it can be quite volatile. Look at the the runs on it. Um, you can see here this big decline in one month, 33% down. It, it's really a swift mover when it does get sold off. So. 
um, and even the, the declines further than that. But it, it, it looked like it was finding support here and it has been going up. So at the moment, um, you know, if I was holding it, then I would still be holding it. If it turns around and goes back up through this high, then I'd expect it to keep rising and somewhere between 24 and $26 in the short to medium term for, for um, CTD. Okay, Cherie Gilmore, one of our students, Silk, sorry, Gilroy, Gilroy, one of our student, students, says she had corporate travel on short term for one month and great returns last month, December, January. Out presently, notice huge down bar today mm -hmm. and interested in your view, so huge down bar today. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I'd worry about that. Um, yeah, look, looking at the daily, if we mm. look at the daily chart, we can see there's a big sell-off. Mm. And if we put some volume on there and have a look, often we can see why that is. But looking mm. at the rise, there was much bigger volume back here. It, it is higher, mm. the volume's growing. But um, look, one day down doesn't mean that it's the end of the run. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Just follow your rules, Cherie. It'll look after you and you'll keep profiting from the stock. But you're not in it at the moment, so it's not a big issue, is it? That's right. Um, did you want to talk about something else on the... Um, on the chat, we're going to go to the chat. So we're going to go to the chat. So we're going to look at Woolworths for Francois. Mm. So, but there's a lot of stuff happening stock. on the chat at the moment. But um, actually, no, we'll go to Kogan because we've got Kogan there. You do. Um, yeah. Arun says, "Could you please give me your thoughts on Kogan uh, and its sudden share price drop? Do you think it uh, is an opportunity to buy?" My f short and um, considered answer is no. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, looking at that, it's been sold off. It's gapped down. This is, you know, to try to buy stocks like this, you know, we um, coined the phrase to catch a falling knife. And that's basically what you'd be doing there, which is obviously quite dangerous. So, you know, it, it may actually go down for a couple more weeks when that when these sorts of moves happen. It could reverse and come back straight back up. But it's really a guessing game. And if people are selling it off, why do you want to be in the crossfire? That's really the answer. Um, so that's my response. Have you got anything you want to say? Well, you're catching a falling knife. Like, it's, it's people trying to get something that's really, really cheap. And I don't know about you, but if I'm throwing knives at you, you're going to catch one of them or you're going to duck. Uh, and right now, unless it's going up, I wouldn't have my money near it, would you? What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I, I, you just well, repeated true. what I said. Thanks. I did. I was reading what the I chat. Said. I did. I okay. okay. I'm just checking on her, making she's doing a good job for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what else have we got in the chat? Um, so we've got Jack CGL, who's after that. So I'll read you the quote. Jack says, Hi, could you please look at CGL, the Citadel Group? It had a bad year last year. Um, do you think it is starting to turn around now um, as it had a 55% rise? Think of a buy for long-term hold. Mm. Okay, um, long-term, uh, right now, there is no reason to buy it based on a long-term strategy. Looking more shorter to medium term, it's possibly starting to go in the right direction, looking at the number of bars up, but it's not in a confirmed uptrend yet on the weekly chart. So it's this little sideways move is showing indecision. So you can see all the closes on that on the weekly bars there. It's not going anywhere. So look, I would say that right now, um, look, the fact that it's come back to, to fill this gap and then had a couple of months up is a promising sign. But it, all I'm saying is it's really too early to tell whether it's going to go up more longer term. You know, there's a resistance level across here and I'll just put the crosshair on the chart where it's currently stopped and possible resistance up here at 582. So as part of the next run, it may head towards that level. Um, but at the moment, you know, if I was watching this stock and it was a stock on my watch list, I'm not saying it is because it's not one I follow, but if it did pull back strongly and found support somewhere around 420, then I may consider it if it turned around and started moving back up to give an entry signal, but I'd want a really specific one. So look, that's the next question. Did you want to do one more or is that it for Yeah, now? we can do one. It's for Francois. He wants Woolworths. Um, he's interested in Woolworths. Yeah, nice big solid stock Woolworths. Pays a good dividend, moving mm. up strongly. Right now, looking to push through that all-time high. So when a stock's in blue sky territory, it can keep going. You can often see, um, and what Woolworths has done in the past, when it's gone to blue sky, it's it's just been too strong for it and there's been a lot of resistance and it's pulled back again but perhaps this time it'll make it through it is getting a bit thin mm. on the ground in terms of mm. the acceleration of that rise and how steep it is however i mean it's got the potential to go up another roughly three or four dollars right now uh, but um i'd be getting i'd be really managing this carefully going forward if mm. i was holding it right now because so it's not, not a medium term buy 
for me, that's not medium-term buy. It's no. only a short-term proposition. Yep. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, mm. but um, but it is looking pretty good at the moment. So let's look at one more. Goran okay. is asking about API. API. Um, and I'll see if I can find it. it. Says hi, Dale and Janine. Could you please give me some insights into API and NHC? So we'll do API for you, matey. Okay, now doesn't this look interesting? Every now and again we see these weird formations on a yeah. stock where it finds support like that. And that it looks like, what's the other stock it looks like? Um, I don't know. You have to think I'll quick. think about it in a minute. I know there's <laughs> another stock that looks like that. Okay, so you know the interesting thing about that is it needs to start pushing up through some of these highs, otherwise the, the effect of all of these lower highs is just going to drag it down. Mm. You know, So at the moment this level's holding, but it doesn't look really artificial, like someone's playing with it when it gets to that level. Uh, which is possibly what's happening. But we're going to see really soon, I think, whether this has mm. got enough support underneath it to drive it higher. Now, you think after it's done what it's done, that's enough support mm. for it to push mm. higher. Um, but I'd want to see it get through this level here. That's a good point you level mentioned, here. Though, isn't it, really? Mm. Because a lot of people, I know most of the people watching this show don't understand how the market works. Yes. They, they have a, um, a perception or their perception of the market, and so that's their reality. But... The reality is, is is vastly different than what most people think, as you know. Mm. You know, and so. Well, it took me a long time to understand it because yeah. initially I was following the wrong things. I was reading shares magazines and you know papers and. Yeah, and people watch the, the depth of thing. the market. And they get on mm. their broker screen and look at the depth of the market and think that's wonderful and it's really rubbish. Mm. You know, all of that sort of stuff. And yes. what that most people don't understand is most of the money traded on the market is institutional trading. It's not you or me. It's not anybody. You know, I think, you know, for the people watching this show tonight, we could pull all of their money together and trade and still wouldn't get anywhere near what the institutions trade on a daily basis. Um, and so what you've got to remember is they're the ones moving the market. And so 70%, 80% of the money going through the market is through them, through your super funds and all your big managed funds, the big overseas funds. And did you mm. know of the top, if you look at the top 20 to top 50 stocks, the biggest shareholders are all American. Mm. You know, and a lot of people don't understand that. They're not Chinese. They're American companies owning Australian mm. companies. So, you know, your BHPs and those sorts of things. So they're the ones buying and selling. And what they're doing in stocks like this or what Janine was sort of implying on a stock like this is, like you, they don't want to pay too much for a share. So they want an average price. And because they might be buying billions of dollars of a share, they can't just throw the billion dollars in today because it'll just, the share price will go boom. Okay, so what they do is drip feed into the market and drip feed out of the market. And when they're doing that, they're trying to keep an average price. So they might have a plan to buy this stock over a period of six months based on its historical liquidity. So they might go, okay, that means there's $10 million a day we're going to buy over three to six months. But as the price drifts up a bit, they stop buying a little bit to let it drift down a bit. And then they start buying again and let it drift up again as they're buying. And then they start buying and let it drift down again. And that's what causes all these patterns. But reading these patterns correctly from an individual's point of view means that you can make shed loads more money because you don't get caught in these sideways move, but you get you know when there's a direction going to happen, whether that's up or down. And this is where too many um, people that are uneducated jump in thinking, wow, it's going up, only for it to go down again. And then they go, wow, it's going up again, only for it to go down again. Wow, it's going up, only for it to go down again. And eventually it breaks out. But, Do you want to um, say that one more time? Wow, it's going up, and now it's coming down again. <laughs> well, but that's why we use rules around it. So right now, it's not giving us a direction. Mm. It's simple, isn't it? That's simple. But you don't just, just analyse based on that. It, there's a whole lot of analysis that we do that goes mm. into determining what the probability is for the stock to rise or fall. Mm. And then, of course, what the entry rules are that are going to best suit mm. the stock and, and protect you from situations like this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the rules we teach keep you out of these sideways mm. movements and get you into more bullish ones and keep you out of bearish ones. And it's really just about having a set of... Uh, you know, having the right set of steak knives, I suppose, isn't it? It I makes cutting it's... the meat a hell of a lot easier. Now, now is the time to get into our subject for tonight. I know you've all been waiting for that. This is how to make more money in the stock market and pay less fees. Now, remember to uh, like the show and also subscribe to the show because you'll get the reminders. I've been talking to lots of people this week and last week that are telling me that they've subscribed. And thank you very much for doing that. It's really exciting to Not talk to people who are, is it like, are know, doing that for us. More. People were excited to actually talk to me, but I was more excited to talk to them. The me fact too. that they'd subscribed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get excited chatting to people about the show and what they what they think and what they want and how they want it all. But uh, but yeah. Mm. But tonight's topic is a really interesting one. I know a lot of people do 
how you'll make more and pay less fees. Yeah, because we all want that. And it is, mm. it's, it's an interesting type of subject. But it came about because, you know, I mean, Janine, it was, well, the other day it was just because I was chatting to somebody and, and they were really excited because they saw this website um, and they'd also, you know, um, come onto our website as well and they, they made an inquiry but that website seemed to make investing sound really really easy really really cheap you know low fees but it implied they get great returns and the site basically promised they'd get this personal investment portfolio that would get them these great returns without them doing nothing basically turn your brain off give the money to us we'll make you great returns and you'll have no have very little fees now whilst i had that person on the phone which i do all the time if somebody asks oh i'm looking at this company or i invested over in this company i've done this so i get on the on the website so while i was on the phone i looked at the site and the returns they promoted uh, or the, they promoted uh, and they said to that person i said to that person if all mm. they did was buy and hold the top 20 shares by market capitalization was in australia 10? Yeah. 10 of the top 20 just 10 of the top 20 yeah. shares in Australia, mm -hmm. or the top 10, or 10 of the top 20 shares in Australia by market cap, they would have made better returns than shown on this website. Yep. So in fact, they would have achieved at least 20% more growth. So like my mm. book, when I say how to beat the managed funds by 20%, I really mean it. So if they get 10%, you can do 12. Mm. Um, so guess what happened next on the phone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another much. The person was really, really quiet. Surprise, they go, probably. are you serious? And I go, yeah, because most people don't understand the realities of the market. They see these ads and people go, whoa, you can make 15%. We made 15% last year and didn't cost you too much in fees. But a lot of people, they focus on fees all the time. But that's because they've been brainwashed from the GFC mm. because prior to the GFC, the messages were mm. a pretty little graph that just keeps going up. And, it, you know, if you invest in the share market over seven to 10 years, this is the return you can make. Mm. Well, they, they got um, hit on the head and they weren't allowed to make those sort of statements after the GFC. So they're all focused on fees after that. And that's when the big um, fund managers got mm. together and they started creating these exchange traded funds or a lot more of them mm. and that's when they started talking about lower fees and so people were focused on their fees they weren't focused on what the real issues were and that that is just a situation that happens in every share market correction not necessarily about the same thing it could be about the truth you know as to mm. what's really going on that's mm. what always gets white, whitewashed well it is but if I said to you I'm going to charge you 10% per annum to manage your, your investments. You go, yeah, you're, you're dreaming, Dale. Mm. You're on another planet. But if I said to you, I'm going to make you 30 plus percent per annum, am I still dreaming or not? No. Because if I did that, it's mm. better than paying 0.5% and getting 10%, isn't it? But the real issue is, is that people think that with an ETF, they've got a better situation. They have they? You know? No. ETFs are, mm. and I'll say it very, very strongly here, is index ETFs are the next GFC. They really are the next GFC. And if you have them, eventually you're gonna get caught uh, if you've got an index ETF. And mm. they make them sound brilliant. And I'm not saying in all ETFs, I'm saying index ETFs, because if you're investing in index ETFs that mirror the index, then you're not doing the right thing by your portfolio, my book, because you can do that by holding the top 10 stocks on the Australian market. The top 20 stocks are what, 55% or 50-something percent of the whole market? So if people are going into ETFs because they see that they're lower fees, what, what are they really getting then? What do they perceive that they're getting based on these people you were talking to? Well, I think I think they think in terms of they, they, their perception is they're getting diversification, but mm. you're not. Mm. Because the, in, the, the mm. ETFs is saying, well, we, we invest over the, across the whole market for you, so you get diversification, but you're not because you're buying one ETF. What if you're buying multiple ETFs? If you buy five ETFs, it's the same as buying five stocks mm. because they're five individual ETFs. Each one of those ETFs can be pulled off the market, closed down, um, um, suspended, all sorts of different things. So your specific risk on one ETF is, is just as high as buying a BHP. So what you're saying is when if a stock corrects by you know, 10 or 20% or a market corrects mm -hmm. by 10, 20%, even 50% like we did in the GFC, that mm -hmm. the ETF's going to correct Absolutely. by that because it's following the index. It follows the index. If the index falls 50% like it did in the GFC, the ETF will go with it. So this site, um, it was all about investing in ETFs, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Yeah, it was all, and the same with those other ones, those apps and things like that. They all, they all invest in ETFs because it's low cost. And so they make them sound fantastic. So, you know, to me, it's all that one size fits all approach that they do. And what the, the industry are really, really, really good at is that 
Um, they make it sound like they do a lot when they actually do bugger all mm. for, for you of managing your portfolio. They give you this nice little platform and give you lots of nice graphs and everything else. But really behind the scenes, they're not doing too much at all. They just run an algorithm or they just rebalance your portfolio, um, which is simple. And they don't do a lot of personal type of work for the money that they actually get because you can okay. do better yourself. But a person is looking at them and saying, okay, their returns were really good last year. Everybody's returns were really mm. good last year because the market was the most bullish it's been in a long time. But, you know, yep. those ETFs, most ET index ETFs probably range between about anywhere between 12 and 13% through to around about 20%. Most of them, mm. nearly all of them, I'd say, were under 19%. That's mm -hmm. what they were getting, but the old lords grew over 20%. Mm. So well, What you're saying is over the long term, you know, you need to see how things are going there. But mm. I suppose it comes as no surprise that people want to get everything for the cheapest price that they can. Mm. And after all, we're all bombarded with sales, special offers and the likes all the time. So that's how we've been brought up to think, isn't mm. it? But when it comes to investing and indeed trading, you have to ask yourself, should I apply the same thinking no. there? And is paying less in fees mm. better? And in this case, um, you'd have to think not and remember to ask yourself, what am I really getting for my money? Yeah, well, to me, it's like I've had I had a question recently from somebody who says, I can't wait for commission-free trading. Mm. And I just went, I just laughed. Why does it, Why is that important? Because why is it correct? That's what I said. And nobody ever works for free. Mm. So if you're trading with a broker and they're charging you no commission, you're paying for it somewhere else. Absolutely 100% mm. of the time because brokers are not in business if they don't make money. Yes. They can't give you all those services. So you might not be paying a commission or you might feel you're not paying much of a commission, but you're getting it somewhere else. Mm. They're, they're still making their money yeah, somewhere. That's a really good point. So mm. nobody works for free. And, and to me, um, in my book, I talk about the effect of paying higher fees on your portfolio and how this changes your return. Now, however, paying low fees almost always means lower returns because lower fees means less work that the fund manager or people are doing. Mm. And this can be, result in a worse return for your portfolio as a whole. And that's really why I wrote my first book, How to Beat the Managed mm. Funds by 20%, because the managed fund industry prior to, to the GFC was CRAP. They didn't care what returns they got as long as they were beating bank interest because people would just keep investing in it and people got caught. Mm. And that's why I was saying is the ETF is just the same thing with a different label. Yep. And people will get caught on that eventually. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year in the next couple of years, but eventually we're going to have a big squeeze on ETFs. And if everybody needs to get out of them because the market's melting down, it's not going to happen. It's mm. like Titanic. It didn't have enough lifeboats to save everybody. And that's what's going to happen again, I'd say. And um, remember, it's not the fund managers. It's also not what fund manager does in a bull year, but it matters most. But what what does or what is the strategy that they use when the bears wake up from their slumber? And that's really what I'm talking about there. And the market really does go into a major decline because it's what 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 I talk about is it's what you do not lose that determines how much you make. So prior years returns will all be wiped out if there was a bearish market. If the market fell 50% next year, most of you who are investing in ETS would be wiped out with that. Um, and you won't see it coming because uh, it's the old case of the, the frog in the water that comes to the boil. Um, and, and this is sort of a metaphor. So uh, in terms of, you know, the frog doesn't know it's dying, you're killing it. And that's really what people do when they're, when they're that's investing. That's a bit morbid, isn't it? Well, it is. But, you know, no frogs were killed in this, in this, <laughs> this, in this presentation and be kind Part to all creatures. Research. And, yeah, we do like that. I've got ducks on my front lawn and, that, uh, you know, I look after them. I let them eat the grass. Um, but, yeah. Um, but you get my point. It's it's really when the, the SHIT hits the fan that you know how good your investments are. And mm. most we see that time and time and time again, any managed investment gets wiped out because yep. people don't manage it actively. And the sayings that you get what you pay for and mm. what seems easy usually isn't are true. You need to understand how your money is being managed. That's really what Dale's saying. Mm. And unfortunately, when it comes to ETFs, a lot of people don't. Mm. So, okay, so the returns were somewhere in the teens. Um, you were talking about um, before 9 to 12% or possibly higher than that last year on, on that, those products with ETFs. And I know that um, you have some research for everybody, so let's bring that up a minute, in a minute, shall we? But before we get into that, 
Um, I want to mention those investing apps that you were talking about before mm. on your phone and others that allow you to start investing with very little money. So, I mean, that's a real issue, isn't it, too, for mm. people at the moment? Yeah, it is. You know, you get all the, the, the millennials or the younger people going, oh, I've got this app and it rounds me up and I've got this app that does that or I've got this app that I can buy shares with mm. and everything else. But it, it's more like a game because these young people play games on all their, their devices all the time and so they don't really think about it as an investing and all of these types of apps they just invest you generally into etfs the same type yep. of thing but it's basically turn your brain off and just just keep investing and keep giving us 50 say. bucks a week or 50 mm. bucks a month and and keep rounding up your purchases those sorts of things but you're better off you know really getting directly into shares and we'll look at that on that spreadsheet you're far better off because you're still paying fees on those apps yes they may be very minute fees but you're still looking at the returns you're not getting the returns and they're not beating the index or not even matching the index because you know these index ETFs none of them are beating the all ordinaries index the growth of that and the index ETFs should be getting dividends which what you're saying is not over time they might in a short period but you know, it depends what the ETF is. I haven't, I haven't is. found a, an index ETF that's beat, beat the all odds last year. Okay. Other ETFs like um, smaller companies, emerging companies, yeah. those sorts of things, because the way they're designed will beat the, the index at times. Times, at times. But they'll be mm. more volatile because of yeah. what they're invested in. Um, but index ETFs are there to mirror the, mirror the, the yeah. actual fund itself. Mm. So let's go I and like have it. a look at the spreadsheet now. So let's bring up the spreadsheet all that right. I've done, and I'll talk you through that. Go. Because what you're seeing on the screen now is I just got the top 20 stocks by market capitalization in Australia today. So that's what I've done. So that's what you're seeing here. I've just done them all in alphabetical order. So there's no particular order other than alphabetical. So that's not about how much growth they've got. And I just put down what their price was on the 1st of January last year and the 31st of December last year, mm -hmm. what the change in price was and the percentage growth. It's a really simple calculation that yep. you can do yourself. Now the, now, the average of all of those 20 companies was 18%. Now, that's not including dividends. Mm. So, and those index ETFs, I think the highest one that I saw was 19, maybe 20%, 18, probably around 19%, okay. roughly. Mm. So, but just the index or the growth of these 20 stocks was 18% on that average. That could really suck a lot of people in and give a false sense of security, couldn't it? Yeah, and you could see here as people thinking, oh, well, I'm doing okay, but this is not including dividends. Mm. All of these stocks pay dividends, which adds to the return. Now, the All Ordinaries Index over the same period, you can see there, made 19%. Mm -hmm. So that's what it did. Yeah. Now, what I did was I take this to the ridiculous and I think, well, let's add no analysis to it. Let's just think, I only want 10 stocks. So mm. all I did was grabbed all those 10 stocks here, through to here, to the new crest. So you can see right across here, so that's in alphabetical order. Their total growth was 176%. Their average growth was 18% with no dividends. Then I did the next ones down there and did the same thing. And their growth was 180% and 18% growth. So okay. without any analysis, just buying them in alphabetical order, 10 of them in mm. alphabetical order, we still did 18%. Now, the average dividend yield on the market is what? 4%, that's a question. 45 at times. So you would have made 22%, 22.5% 22 yeah. on mm. your stocks on average, and the best performing ETFs at best were 19%. Okay. Mm. So that's costing you more than 20%, isn't it? Well, I guess, I mean, if they're managing the shares themselves, mm. they can put the strategies in place to make, manage the downside, but what strategy is in place to manage the downside of the ETF? There isn't any. Right. So the person will still have to manage that themselves. Mm. They would have to determine to get out. Mm. of the ETF. Now, as we know, most people don't. But when you're looking at, mm. when you own a portfolio of stocks, you don't have that false sense of security. And this is the really important point of that with ETFs, you think somebody else is managing it. They're mm. okay. I'm paying these people a fee to manage my portfolio. I'm going to get good returns. But if you're in direct stocks yourself... You know the buck stops with you. Yeah, you know that mm. if, the, if the SIT hits the fan, I'm responsible. So you're actually more aware of what's going on with your stocks and you've got more aware of making decisions on those stocks for yourself. So that's what I'm saying is this is far better. And if you just follow the rules in my book and have a stop loss on these stocks you'll do better than an ETF and you'll pay lower fees because once you buy them, there is no fees of holding them or anything else. You just keep holding them. Um, and that's really what it's about. So, uh, and to me, you make more, far more money investing directly than you do investing in ETFs and paying for these platforms to give you these fancy graphs and 
that, but you can get those from your broker. I know my broker, I've got fancy pie graphs and all sorts of other graphs about how my stocks are performing. I've got so much information on them, 90% of them I don't use. But Actually, you know I have I to mean. tell you a secret about Dale. When he first started, he used mm. to get the broker to send him the charts and he used to print them out and then get a pencil and that's how he started and a ruler. I had to laugh. Well, they Sorry. were charging me. I, I was paying 75 down to bucks a trade. Mm. And people complain about 10 bucks now. Yeah, I know. You know, you got it easy, guys. All right. On the screen there, um, we want you to like the show and subscribe. The more people that do this for us, the better the show is likely to be this year and the more things hit that we subscribe. can bring with you. So make sure you hit subscribe on the screen. Now, Dale, I think it's time that we get into the chat and see what other questions we've got up here. Can we do that, please? I've got to do some more work. Okay, go for <laughs> Felipe. He wants, he's asking about FPH. Okay, so FPH. So Felipe saying, hey Dale and Janine, uh, what are your thoughts on FPH? I bought this stock on the 28th of October at $17.80. Okay, at the okay. moment you're sitting pretty on this one. He says it's been going sideways nice. for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, it's been sideways for a bit longer than that really by the look of it here, even though it went up higher in, in December, it's really done nothing for a couple of months. So you'd expect that though after a big run up like we've seen on the stock, it's natural for a stock to take a bit of a breather. Now there's a possibility given it's so strong it may continue to rise, but at the moment the challenge with this stock is that there's no trailing stop loss really close to the current price action. So you've really got to wait for the, and that, that can be the challenge. It's, it's, it's what we call a blow off when, when a share price blows off um, north and takes off and starts making 10, 20, 30% and almost goes vertical. The challenge then is where do you actually set your, your stop loss? Now, using a percentage stop loss is not the right strategy to manage the risk on your share. You need something more solid than that. And so what we're looking at here is a stock that has no confirmed um, trend line, no low dial. Mm -hmm. And so really, um, it's just a matter of waiting. Now, with the students when they go through the course, this is one of the things that people really find challenging because we tell them to trust the rules. So they, mm. they test the rules and then they have to wait to see that exit form and all the while the share may come back a bit. Well, you know when you're trading, you're trying to get the safe part in the middle. You're not trying to get out right near mm. what you think could be a top that your perception is that maybe it's the top because it may not be. Plenty of stocks have gone further and you know people have been left sucking their thumb thinking, well, why didn't I um, just wait and hold on a bit longer? But that's where mm. the rules are important. So oh, are, for one particular so. trade, you might find that you jump out of the stock and it goes up. You might find that if you wait for the rules, you actually get a reasonable exit and then you've got a strategy that you can mm. use moving forward that gives you a, a certain probability over time of being successful. And that's mm. really what we teach and what, what you want to move to. Yeah, I answered an email today from one of the students that I'm mentoring. Fantastic. He's on module three and he said, I've he said, I just bought two stocks, which are the first ones that I bought since starting your course. And he said, now I know I was guessing and gambling mm. before I started your course. Based Now I'm really yeah. comfortable in what I'm buying and why I'm doing it and how I'm managing it. And that's really mm. nice to hear from somebody who's only halfway through the course. But that's what happens but when you have rules. But it's trusting the rules, isn't but it? It is. It is trusting yeah. the rules. So mm. but let's get into another stock. So we're looking at um, Caleb. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine, love your show and your books. Keen to hear your thoughts on Telstra. I bought around February um, 2019 at $3.12. So good point, place to buy when it crossed the downtrend line. So fantastic. Now we've talked about Telstra for, a, I think some weeks ago. Mm. It looked really nice once it had actually risen up strongly. So in uh, back here, if I look at the monthly chart first, because we want to look at long-term picture first to understand direction, we can see there in November that it actually make, gave us some sort of confirmation that it was more likely to rise. But the following month, it actually reversed all of that, which is really interesting. And this is the sort of thing that Telstra can do time after time. But this month we're back again. So really you're saying to the big money out there, well, you make up your mind about the direction that you're going to send Telstra in. And we see the, the stock move up strongly in January. So, so far it's looking good. I believe that, you know, given the recent rise that we've seen, it's more likely to continue higher. Bull it looks bullish long term at the moment, but you know, if Telstra were to go back below this low here, I think you know it's heading south. But at the moment, it looks good. So Telstra, um, even though I begrudgingly give a thumbs up, I am at the moment. Oh, like it's it. it's it's going through the roof. No, mm. I can't say that, can I? I'm not allowed to. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Okay, so that's right. Telstra. You're always bearish. I mean, I was the bearish one on Telstra. Now you're the bearish one. You're not. Have we got time for more? Yeah, yeah, we got time for more. We've got Rio from Michael. Michael's asking. I'll go back to his yep. thing. We did. Uh, where is? Where are you, Michael? Actually, on your comment there, hmm? I'm not bearish on Telstra. It's just that Telstra has been one of those stocks that can trick you, you and frustrated us at times. But what, when a stock turns around, never think, um, mm. we were having this conversation, weren't we, in, in the investment meeting the other day, because mm. you can you can look at a stock and say last year it looked bad. It mm. looked like it was bearish. And even on the show, we'll talk about stocks and we, we say, oh, that looks bearish right now. But it doesn't mean in three months' time, it's not going to turn around and present um, a setup that looks yeah. really bullish and an opportunity. So you, we never discount mm. a stock and write it off for life, because one day we know that that there's a good reasonable chance if it's a good quality stock that eventually it's going to come good again especially if it's a trending stock like Telstra you can see yeah I think I mean a, you're right mm. it, from our perspective it's you get analyst bias because you might have been bitten mm. by a stock before so you're, you're a bit reserved to getting into it again on another opportunity um, or you may have had somebody in your ear going oh that's terrible blah 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 so that mm. influences it, your decision making but at the end of the day you should treat it just look at the data on the screen in terms of your charts and go look at it in a, a dispassionate way and go, it's going up or going down and that's what I want to do. And that's why we have rules around buying and selling because for years, for 10 years, I was so negative on Telstra, it's not funny. So changing oh, you, you my named opinion, it DOG instead of TLS. Yeah, it was DOG um, um, instead of TLS for me. And, and there's plenty of stocks that are, were like that that are turning around so you've got to be a you've got to be able to switch that thinking going well what is actually happening rather than what you think happening and i find people who don't know what they're doing go to me then when they're asking questions i think this stock will do that well don't tell me what you think tell me what you know mm. is happening and when you know it's happening that's when you trade so it's either going up or going down. That's when you trade. But tell text right. In saying that, we so still have a forecast on the stock, yeah. and we're watching for when a stock makes a, an entry and mm. moves up. But mm. what Dale's saying is that once the stock makes mm. the move, then you know it's done it, and you can say yeah. It's yeah. It's made so the what move. we know with Telstra mm. right now is it's going up. It yes. may not keep going up, but right now it is going up. Mm. So let's move to the next one. That's Michael. Um, yes, and what Rio, have we got? he said, would you mind start sharing your thoughts on Rio tonight, please, Dale and Jean? Our pleasure for you, Michael. Yep. Rio is one of the stocks that we love to trade um, on the market. So mm. BHP and Rio, FMG, all good stocks to trade. And right now it looks like a bull out of a gate. Uh, mm. And at the all-time high is a fair way off. And looking at um, where that is right now, it's potentially around 16%, 16.5% roughly to that high. And it's looking really strong at the moment. This week it has slowed down a bit, but you'd expect that after the run that it's had. So we may see another short move up and then a slight um, slowdown uh, on Rio. But, you know, I'd expect over time we're going to see it push through the all-time high. I mean, think about our market. Our whole market's gone to an all-time high and our mining stocks haven't. And, you know, these are the ones that drive our market along with the financials. So um, if, if the market's pushing higher, they will do the same thing eventually. So, yeah, I like Rio. I'm not saying it's a buy right now, but I still like, you know, last week it was looking so good. You know, I'd be buying, um, if, if you were looking for mining stocks, then I'd be looking at buying Rio, BHP. Um, FMG, I think, was a bit stretched. Mm, yeah, it was. But, um, you know, that's what mm. we like as buyers. Mm. Um, you can get up the next one for Red Crystal 69 MUP. Um, but um, okay. there's a really important question on here by Matt B. He's asking me what kind of beer I like, lager or ale. Right. So um, lager is, is my, I like Japanese beers. I actually like most beers. I'm not into you the like heavy beers. I like Asahi. I like I like all the Japanese beers yeah. and I like, I like Chinese beer. I like, mm -hmm. I've had beers from all around the world, but I'm not into the sort of the Guinnesses and the heavy beers and the, mm. the pale ales. ales so you don't, you don't, you know, rip off your shirt, have a sing on and, and go for the VB instead. Oh, I hate that. I went to a function on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Oh, a function on New Year's Eve, a big function, you know, all the dinner and multi-course things and dancing. And all I had with VB in Melbourne, I mean, yuck. Well, look, I, I have heard that VB, you can make chicken with um, with the beer. Yeah, VB chicken, I've done that. For anyone who's new to the country, you know, this Beautiful. is something that's strange that Aussies do. VB chicken. Try to give themselves aluminium poisoning by putting a can of beer in a chicken. Yeah. E MUP, let's come on. Focus, okay. focus, girl. You're writing the show and I'm telling you what to do. Okay. MUP. So I'll read you the question if I go back to it. Now, I haven't got it, so I'm looking for it still. Are you uh, sure that's the right code? MUP said, Hi, Dale and Janine. I only recently entered the stock market. Well done, made in November 2019. I'd like to know your opinion of M 
V for Victor, P for Peter. MVP. Sorry, I put MUP. That's my fault, my bad. Um, he bought on the 22nd of November um, for $6.74. Okay, so are done you well. bragging? Yeah. He's done very, very well. <laughs> okay, so this looks this looks nice, really mm. nice. The fact that it's come back, found support, and then taken off like that mm. in blue sky, mind you, through a new all-time high. I'd have to say that, you know, if I was looking at this and I didn't own it now, I wouldn't be buying it. It is looking quite extended. You can see there the number of weeks up. Um, it's quite significant. may not have done that many weeks up um, very often in the past. So, you know, at the moment it may go up a little bit more and then um, meet a bit of resistance. So uh, you could expect, given that it's nearly at the $10 mark, it may head to between 10 and 11.50 and then we could see it actually turn and come back again. But, you know, it's one of those ones that you can't get a trend line underneath it. Mm. So there's a chance it could actually come back to the angle of that just, overall trend. Yeah, I would just put an exit strategy on it, maybe, and, and a stop loss. So if you're new to the market, mm. Um, this had so many weeks up, it's it's now overdue for downward move. But see, that when people hear that and they've got no training, they automatically think, oh, should I sell it? And that's not what you're saying. I'm not saying that. No, I'm saying mm. hang on while it's going up. But if it starts to fall away, you need to have some sort of exit strategy to keep your capital and obviously the profit that you're making. Yeah, that's so, good. Um, Matt's mm. also asking a question other than having a beer. He's, uh, he's asking... Is your view any different to active managed ETFs or is that your view in general across the ETF industry? I was very specific, Mac, in saying index ETFs is my opinion. Mm. So that's what I said. It's index ETFs because they're very passive. Um, anything outside of that in terms of smaller companies, emerging markets, you know, could be stuff on, um, you know, cyber security, you know, virtual reality, all those sorts of things. They could do a lot better, but you know, what is an active ETF? And I don't expect you're going to get too active in that part in terms of ETFs, but the ones that are like that, the outside of the index ones, they can be a lot more volatile anyway. But let's get into another stock. Let's look at GPT okay. for fourth in, and I'll go and see if I can find a few more things. I think she's just asked us to have a look at that. Yeah, look, GPT, you'd think, looking at this chart, I mean, look what it's done during yeah. the GFC. All the property stocks got hit really hard, and... You know, looking at this, I believe that there's a fair amount of upside to come on stocks like this that haven't run on yet. Uh, looking at the weekly chart, we're probably able to get a nice trend line down there mm -hmm. under that, over the top of those peaks there. But there is a fair amount of resistance for this stock to get back above these levels at around the $6 mark. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it may, it, you can see it's slowing down right now. But longer term, if I'm looking at the chart longer term, I think, great, you know, it looks like there's plenty of upside there. It's just at the moment it's down, so we wouldn't be buying at this very point here in time. It looks like a sawtooth, that whole move down, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It just goes down and up, down and up, down and up, down and up. Yeah, this is so. where people got wiped out significantly mm. in the mm. GFC, mm. Mm. which yeah, talks about buy and hold. Never, you know, don't, don't buy and hold because that's the risk you take. A stocks that people thought were passive and really easy to manage gave them a nice dividend every year. Well, look what happened. Um, to those poor people. But it's a good example. I know we talk about st stocks, they rise, go up, down, up, down in their mm. trend. And so they start low and they start moving up. And they do the opposite. So they start high and go, go plump up, down and up on okay, the way down. Okay, steps on the way down. It's yeah. all steps on the way up and steps mm. on the way down. Now, there's all saying, you know, the, the market goes up in steps and stairs and comes down in elevators. That happens. And that this stock did exactly mm. that after the GFC, this big massive move. Mm. But right now it's going up in steps in terms of that since 2008. But yeah. if we look at the last sort of 12 months-ish, it's going down in steps. Mm. So this could be just a step up before it goes down again. Yeah, well, we really, what you're talking about is from July. Mm. Um, yeah, OK. Yeah, and so we don't know mm. whether that's now started in bull market, has yep. yet to confirm all of that anyway. So let's go and look at um, EXL for Tom. Now, Tom's saying, hey, guys, I'm planning on starting a diploma course in the next six weeks. Oh, fantastic, Tom. Um, good to have you on board. Um, I bought my first stock, EXL. Um, for eight, he bought 828 shares for 64 cents. I've just set a stop loss of 10%. Now, if I was just looking at the monthly chart, I would say beware because mm. it just looks terrible. Now, looking across here at the weekly chart, I'm still saying it looks terrible. Um, in terms of whether it's a strong word, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we could get a trend line down there. I'm just Normally looking I'm for the one with the strong words. Okay. <laughs> at least it's not a swear word. So. Um, looking at this one, you can see, uh, you know, I can't quite get a trend line down there. And because it's a low value stock, I'd be challenged to do it as well. Maybe I could get one from the top, but no. No, you can't. So. I can't. So I'd be cutting through bars a lot, 
possibly could get one there. But well, I can't see any technical reason to buy that why stock. Why would you be buying it? That's the question. Mm. Yeah, that's the challenge. And just because a stock's gone up for a few weeks doesn't mean that it will keep doing that. Mm. And so that's the real risk that you've got there. So, you know, I'd be um, very cautious about this one. I will say that in the short term, the reason it's slowed down is because it's hit its head here mm. on the resistance at this $1.40 or dollar. 30 something. Can I say to, to mm. Tom, once you start the course, and we're not too far into the course, you'll start to understand why what you've done the with risk stock with what he's doing and the real risk that you're actually taking and i know a lot of people will go oh, i've read up on this and the stock's doing that and da 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 da, da. and you've yeah. got all this validation for why you might have bought it and you might have very well done a lot of research on it i'm not saying you're not mm. but once you start doing the course you'll start understanding the risk that you actually really have taken by p taking on this stock because there's far better stocks to buy than this one right now and we didn't you know and there's no rules that i would have bought this stock on at this point in time so I, I think great he, you got a stop loss on it been, you know great to actually put the stock up and tell us that absolutely that done that. i yeah. think it's fantastic that mm. you're doing that and opening yourself up to be in in terms criticized i suppose a way of it or you know us telling you what we really think so but mm. it's a great it's great you did that but you will learn quite quickly the risk you're actually taking. A lot of people don't understand the risk they're really taking. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's look at another stock. I've got um, the last stock of the night, I've been told. The, mm. the, the, the gentleman that must be uh, obeyed in the studio is Here's telling one. me one more stock. Um, let's go and have a look at... Sure. I I'm feel just, like we're spinning the wheel here. What are you... I am, because I've got... There's so many... I'm looking for yeah. an actual question. Um, here we go. What's well, Abbott family says, I'm a bit embarrassed, but I got hooked by one of these shark oil salesmen and lost 90K. Makes your course cheap. Oh, there's no question there. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, but thanks for saying that on the show. Rosie's saying, hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for the great show. Would you put LICs, example, ARG or AFI in the same category as ETFs? And the answer is no. Mm. Um, what's your your answer? Look, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm. I say no. They're not the same, but I'd still think that they're they're still similar. A, yeah, they still have similarities, don't they? Really. They're so yeah. you know, you want to be trading the stock. You know, mm. but they invest in stocks. So mm. yeah. Well, when you're talking about buying. It's not like it was 20, 30 years ago where brokerage was $7,500, $150 a trade. Brokerage, you, you can get brokerage for 10 I think I pay 15 with um, Macquarie, who I trade with, but it's nothing. Mm. It's really nothing. You can buy today, sell tomorrow, it's not really going to cost you too much. So it's not a big issue in terms of that. But So you can buy the top 10 or 20 stocks without a lot of effort. Um, and put a stop loss underneath it and make far more money than you will out of AFI or any listed invested company, unless they're in specific areas again. Yeah, so all the mm. banks, you know, and there's, there's some brokers out there mm. that have really low, fee, um, mm. you know, brokerage fees. There's, um, you know, there's mm. a broker that we use as well mm. um, for the direct yeah, equity. Yeah, like 10 bucks, isn't it, for, for um, a retail client? Yeah, that's Amscot. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of brokers out there that you can get. But I was talking to a lady today that's been with us a long time. Mm. She's done all of our courses, including the advanced course. And, mm. and hello, Robin, if you're watching, which mm. you probably are. And, um, you know, we were talking about the brokerage and the, and the cost of the brokerage really is irrelevant. Yeah, maybe half a percent for Once the Once you've had a lot of experience in the market, when you first start out, I can remember looking at it myself. Mm. You know, it, it is a bit of a focus in the beginning. But well, it is. If you were paying $100 mm. brokerage and you're investing $1,000, that's 10% of your position. Yeah. Now $10 is 1% mm. of your position, so it's and, not a lot. And when you put it in those spreadsheets that we give the student when they're mm. doing the back testing in Module mm. 3, you really start to see how, where, at what point it becomes mm. irrelevant, when, irrelevant in terms of the dollar amounts that Focus you're investing. Focus on making money, not how much yeah. the trade is actually costing you. Mm. But I think just buying the top 10 or top 20 stocks like we're sharing with you is far better than getting into those listed investment companies mm. and in e index ETFs. So it's about the context of what I was talking about. As I said, if you want to get into rare earths and ETF, then I don't have any issue with that because that could outperform the market because it's quite specific in its nature but if it's an index ETF do it yourself read my book if you're not sure read accelerate your wealth read how to beat the managed funds and you will beat the market there is no doubt in my mind over any 10-year period if you follow the rules in my books you will beat the all lords in your returns and you'll have a lot more control a lot less fees and make a lot more money than investing in a managed fund or an index type of manager or a, a passive type of fund you'll make far more money so it's up to you whether you want to make more money and pay less fees mm -hmm. it's pretty much as simple as that isn't it it is 
Okay, we've got another stalker, is that no, it? No, that's it. Well, I hope you've I enjoyed told. tonight's show and thank you for participating in uh, the events of the evening. Um, if you'd like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends. I hope you've got more friends than I have um, and your college as well. So during this year, we'll have some surprises installed to you a lot more. We're sitting in a halfly constructed studio at the moment, which you can't see, but uh, over the next few weeks, things are going to change dramatically um, in what you see and how you're going to experience things. I'm going to be interviewing some people as well. Um, but we can only do that if we have your help. We do need subscribers to grow. So if you haven't subscribed to our channel, the first thing you've got to do right now is move your mouse across to the big red button and hit subscribe and also click like for the video. So please do that um, for us. Remember to make sure that you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Now remember, we're always happy to receive your questions like the people earlier tonight. So send them through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in the subject line, Wealth Within Live. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Again, we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. And as always, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Take and care, guys. Thanks for letting me control the, My pleasure. the show. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.